baseball money is fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the College Basketball Experience. March Madness is heating up, and you need to subscribe to the College Basketball Experience. It's awesome, baby! Welcome to Baseball Money is Face, a fantasy baseball podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host here, Ryan Gilbert, with uh, Blake Meyer out there in Arizona, enjoying spring training, enjoying some beers, he says. But I'm still here, working hard, putting some podcasts out for you guys. And joining me, we got a special guest, the man, the myth, the machine, Munaf Manji. How are we doing, Munaf? What's going on, Gilbert, man? It's... uh... Is it already baseball season, bro? It just it feels is. like the it's March. It is. It the dust just settled on the football season. I know you've been grinding with hockey. Yeah. I've been knee deep in NBA, but I am ready for baseball, man. It should be another great season. I'm excited, man. Yeah, it absolutely should be. Um, I know you do a lot of work with the NBA, the MLB gambling podcast, the prop cast. So I'm sure people are very familiar with your work, but where can they find you if they are not? Yeah, uh, like uh gilbert said come uh join us on sgpn all over the network nba gambling podcast we usually or we do record monday through friday usually go around 11 a.m eastern time uh if you're nba fan come join us mlb we're starting division previews next week myself uh malcolm he's on the uh english premier league uh gambling podcast i know him and boz are recording right now also noah and uh dylan so we'll start division previews next week we'll probably be going around Around 5 p.m. Eastern um, for the uh, two a week until we get uh, up to the season. So uh, we'll put out a schedule. But, yeah, if you're a betting person, come join us on the uh, MLB Gambling Pod as well. Yeah, excellent. Have you been betting any uh, spring training? I've been successful with a few of these overs. A lot of these games are just home run fests. It really is. I I don't have been. I tuned in. uh, I watched some games today. I watched the Red Sox game. I was watching the Padres and the Mariners game as well. I haven't bet on anything yet. Kind of just feeling it out, seeing how this pitch clock. I know we'll get onto the rules and everything here in a a minute or so, but I'm just kind of feeling it out, looking at stats and things like that. Maybe I'll get into some betting uh, next week once I have more stats and data to look at, but uh, nothing official yet. Yeah, I just just play some small plays on on games. Just to get through the day, right? Yeah, or, or the Phillies, you know, throw throw the game on. I think they got they got killed today by by your Red Sox there, but yeah, it's it's baseball is back. Is is baseball season? It is exciting. So make sure you are following baseball money is fake on Twitter at fake baseball. Follow our YouTube as well. We're going to try to get uh, going up there live starting next week. Uh, you search for us there. TikTok Blake has been putting great work in there at fake baseball money. Make you check out all of those and make sure you are subscribed to the Baseball Money is Fake feed, as well as not just the uh, SGPN feed, where we always put out our shows as well. Hoping to grow more here in March, our first full season. So it's uh, exciting times here. But uh, Munaf, I have to just uh, start it right off the bat. Why don't you play fantasy baseball? You have like a horror <laughs> story. What, 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 what's the story here? So 
we I started with SGPN about about two and a half. Let's round it up to three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, we didn't have MLB gambling podcasts. I know since last year, over the last two years, and you know this that we a lot of the new shows have started on on the network with we you know with gambling podcasts with with you know obviously MLB uh, with you in hockey, mm-hmm. and I really wasn't into fantasy baseball or at all. It's mostly obviously been a fantasy football for me and even even basketball, but. Uh, as, as the community kind of grew within SGPN, guys wanted to start a league, and I was like, okay, well, why don't I give this a shot? So I think we dropped in like fifty bucks per person, whatever the case might have been, and then I ended up going last, <laughs> ended up placing last for the season, and I just completely forgot about the league. I know it's it, we do daily lineups and stuff like that. Uh-huh. With the amount of time that I put into SGPN, I just completely forgot to set my lineups every single day. I, by the time I checked. I think it was like after the all-star break going into like end of July in August, like my team was like dead last and I had like five guys that were injured or gone for the season. It's not that I completely hate it. It's just, I don't have like enough time to like keep up with like adding players and dropping players and, and setting lineups and things like that. But um, I need to tune into you guys more and then listen in and then hopefully I can win one of these leagues this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, you said it. Fantasy baseball is just absolutely—it's work. It's a grind. You yeah, know, it's, it is. It's it's from from March, April, all the way through September. Daily lineups. Have you, have you uh, gotten into any best ball? I know I've done some best ball drafts on over on Underdog. I'm not sure if that's something you've gotten into. Where because like, you draft and then you, you yeah. wait and see what happens. Yeah. So I know initially when we had uh, brought uh, um, Underdog Fantasy with the network, we had uh, this was probably the pandemic year where. We did NBA best ball um, for the playoffs, and you're right; like you just drafted, and then you just kind of forget it. So, I mean, that maybe that's something that we probably wanted to look into for 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 fantasy baseball is just draft the team, forget about it, and then you don't have to worry about setting daily lineups if you're not, you know, a day to day grinder like yourself and Blake are. So, um, yeah, definitely something worth exploring. Maybe this is something we should start in the Discord channel. Yeah, I mean, I've done a bunch of them myself on the. Uh, they have slow drafts where it's eight hours a pick, mm-hmm. so you just have them going at the same time. And yeah, it, it's fun rather than having to you know do a regular draft for a regular league that you're going to end up having too many leagues you can't keep track of. Just throw, run the best ball draft. Three bucks is the cheapest one, and it's just uh, something to occupy occupy your time there. But um, yeah, let, how many like, leagues are you in right now? Oh, I I am in I'm in quite a bunch. Uh, <laughs> at at least at least twenty five, if not more. Golly, I think All I have right. like five or seven drafts going on right now. Jesus Christ! But yeah, I'm just draft. I, I, I draft I them, do it, man. and then, then it just sit back and, and hope hope they hit. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the great thing about best ball too, right? But then if you're doing like some of the traditional stuff, like we talked about, like the daily like lineups and stuff like that, like yeah, no, I just I don't know, I just don't have time for it. It's not even the time for it. I just probably don't have the patience for it. Like if I have a losing, I'm like, man forget this let me go make some money like betting on an actual baseball game yeah that's the hard thing is like especially in redraft leagues like halfway through the year if you're just completely out of it you have no incentive to keep playing but then people that are in it you're like a bye week for them then so it gets gets convoluted and, and people get uh there's some tension there if there's some people that aren't setting their lineups but that's why you know i have a big keeper league i do that that's always fun and all a redraft league is good too but I, i'm usually one of the more competitive people because i i do do pay attention that's that's the main thing with, with fantasy baseball yeah, you you live and breathe this stuff. So uh, hopefully you're you're making money every single year in these leagues. 
I, I usually do. Ho hopefully that's the case uh, for this season. And hopefully you can make some money betting as well. You can uh, check out our friends over at WinBet. It's the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet's active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. March Madness is almost here, plus plenty of ways to get place to win, getting down on the NBA, NHL, and XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer, bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offers subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. If you're 20 or older, and part of the state where play-through is available. If you're somebody who knows a game problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And the SGPN merch store continues to add new items to the store every day. Head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com to get your favorite shirts, hats, sweats, and hoodies. Love the baseball money's fake gear in there. Definitely check out the hats up here. We got t-shirts. Check that out. And just in time for March, 10% off when you spend more than $40 and use the code MADNESS. All right. So uh, getting into the first week of games here, spring training. You know, has anyone uh, stood out to you so far, whether on, on, your, on your Astros or your Red Sox or just in general? Um, I think a couple guys that have kind of caught my eye, we can start with the Seattle Mariners prospect. I know they brought him up, a, I think it was two seasons ago. It just didn't work out. Uh, Jared Kelenic, he looks like he's having a pretty good uh, spring training so far for the uh, Seattle Mariners there. I think he's what, four of 11 so far. He's already hit three dingers. Um, slugging percentage of 1182, 1546 OPS. Um, hopefully I I'm hoping that, you know, he, he can work some of the things out. I know when he initially came up, when they first called him up, he was batting, I think around 100, 105, something like that before they sent him back down. seems like he, he's having a pretty good, uh, spring training start. I think the big headline, or at least for me has been, uh, the Mets rookie, uh, Ronnie Mauricio. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's also hit three dingers. Um, I mean, adding, being added to that lineup with the Mets have kind of constructed in the offseason with with Uncle Cohen, Uncle Steve, you know, <laughs> spending all that money that they have for the Mets. Um, he should be exciting as well. So uh, those are the couple guys. Um, and then Juan Soto, I, I, he's just, I mean, the lineup that they've also constructed in San Diego and, and bringing him over, I think those are the kind of three guys that have kind of stood out to me. I think he's batting like seven. It was like a 750 the last time I checked for Juan Soto. Um yeah, 8 of 11, 727 so far, seven RBIs already for him, uh, three doubles. He's having a really good um, spring training. I think that's a couple other guys on the Padres as well. But um, those are the couple of guys that have kind of caught my eye here, uh, Gilbert. Yeah, I was wondering if Blake paid you to mention uh, Jared Kalanick because he, he's all about the Kalanick mm -hmm. hype train here. And I was too, you know, two years ago, last year even, he was a, a hyped up prospect. I, I gave him a chance, took a flyer on him in the later rounds. But yeah, we, we've talked about him quite a bit on the show. He finally has a chance. You know, they brought in AJ Pollock to potentially uh, platoon with him. But, you know, the, the kind of the pressure's off Kalanick. He's going to be batting down the order. He should face mostly right-handed pitching in in that uh, that lineup, and you know if he puts it together, that that's going to be a big piece for the Mariners. And yeah, I was just looking up like who was who was leading the spring training so far with hits, and I, I saw Soto is is eight for eleven. I was like, yeah, that that San Diego team, it, it's going to be good. I don't know if they're going to be yeah. good enough to to threaten the threaten the uh, the Dodgers there, or if the Dodgers are going to do something in in season to kind of improve their chances because they haven't done much in the off season. 
And yeah, the Mets, they have uh, Mauricio, they have Brett Beatty as well. They can add to that lineup. I mean, they're they're mostly set, but they, they need a DH. They yep. need like an outfielder, third baseman. And, and I think those those guys could potentially uh, fit the bill there. And then uh, I saw today, Chris Bryant's been pretty good for the Rockies. He missed yeah. most of last season. He has two dingers in three games. Uh, Jose Abreu down there in Houston, I saw he hit a bomb today. Yeah, there's a bunch of, bunch of guys, you know, You'd never want to read too much into spring training stats, especially this early on with people just ramping up. But uh, it's it's encouraging to see some of these guys have hot starts, and it'll be encouraging to see you know how these guys in the World Baseball Classic do. Uh, you know, actually having competition rather than just like playing against getting a few few at bats in and uh, you know enjoying the rest of the day. They have an actual competition to play for, especially those those international guys that probably have more pride in it than, than the Americans do, but you never know. You got Mike Trout leading the way for, for team USA. So that should be interesting as well. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. I know they're starting here. I think in, in, I think next week, as far as the tournament goes, but I think another guy I wanted to mention that has kind of caught my eye, I think will be probably coming off the bench for the Toronto blue Jays is uh Kavon Biggio. He's having a pretty good spring training as well. Five of 10 so far. They've all been singles. I'm not sure if he's just been a product of that shift, not being there. I know we'll talk about the rules here later on, but um, that Blue Jays lineup should be exciting as well. I know they added some pieces. Uh, more so, I'm, I'm really going to be intrigued to see how their their pitching rotation does. Obviously, with with Manoa at the top, uh, Kevin Gossman. Uh, I think the one guy that's in that pitching rotation that probably makes or breaks him is probably going to be Jose Barrios. Um, he's kind of been inconsistent for them um, ever since he came over from the Twins. But um, that was another guy that I did want to mention. I did see uh, Jake uh, Jake Cave had another. Mm-hmm. I think a hit today for your Phillies in the in the game against the Red Sox. He's having a pretty good um, spring training as well. Yeah, I don't think Cave is anything really more than a bench bat. But with Harper yeah. out for the first few months of the season, and they, mm-hmm. have, they have Derek Hall as a big big bopper there. But if, but if he doesn't pan out and, and Cave keeps hitting hitting like he is, then yeah, he's definitely going to be at least an option off the bench, if not you know four DH there for for the Phillies who have a pretty good lineup. I mean, even even without Harper, so I'm excited to see how that, how that goes. I mean, but with yeah, Trey Turner there, it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, I'm excited to to finally have a leadoff hitter, and maybe uh, Kyle Schwarber have someone on base for him to him to hit in rather than hitting so many solo shots. Yeah, I mean that's a great combination, right? I mean, I've been a huge Trey Turner guy. I, the guy can hit for power, but he, I think more of a guy that hits for average, gets on base, and, and steals bases, right? And then if you put Kyle Schwarber right behind him. I mean, we know what he can do. I mean, you, you're familiar with it, what he did with the Phillies last year, uh, even with this brief stink with the uh, Red Sox uh, before. Yeah. I think it was, what, last season or the season prior uh, with him just hitting home runs. It's, it's going to be an exciting uh, top of the lineup for the Phillies. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, you mentioned a few of those rules so far. We got the pitch clock. We got the uh, the shift banning. We got the bigger bases, uh, the pizza boxes there. What do you think is going to be the the most either, either most impactful or also like one not being talked about as much? Yeah, I think I think the biggest talking point so far about the rule changes has been the pitch clock, right? Um, and I think for, you know, I think it was Max Scherzer that initially came out. I think it was his first. I think it was his first start uh, with the Mets in spring training, and he was calling his own pitches, which was kind of crazy. Um, I think he had like a strikeout in like twenty-seven or twenty-nine seconds uh, because of the pitch clock. But I think the biggest talking point has been the pitch clock. Um, and then we've already seen it was it it was the Red Sox and the Braves I think it was they were in the bottom of the ninth bases loaded two outs and I think the batter 
didn't get back in time inside the box uh, where the pitch was ready to go, and they called an automatic strike three, which pretty much, I mean, if that happens in a high-stakes game, or even let's say it happens in the playoffs, Gilbert, I mean, what I, I kind don't, of outcry are you going to get from the fans and teams? Yeah, I, hopefully by that point that they're so in tune with the pitch clock that it's not even like yeah. faster for them. But also you have had discussion about like, should it be like, okay, ninth inning or later, don't have the pitch clock, which there there's arguments to be made out either way there. But I could also see the umpire using their discretion and be like, okay, no, he was trying to get back in the box and yeah. just, just keeping it going. And, and this was something where they wanted to like, they've been told probably, you know, when, when that hits zero, call a strike or call a ball and do what you have to do. So, and yeah, uh, today, Wandy Peralta had a strikeout in, in 20 seconds against uh, the pirates. Yeah. I believe I saw he just got the ball back threw it right away. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Scherzer because he's come out and straight up said like he's going to use the pitch clock to mess with hitters, especially if hitters take that take that first uh, timeout early in, in their in their bats. He knows once they're stepping into the box, he's throwing, and that's something yeah. pitchers can definitely use to their advantage. I do wonder with the with the whole shift thing, if just teams aren't giving away what they're going to do, or if they don't know what they're going to do yet because they don't know how they should maneuver their infielders. Obviously they'll probably move the second baseman towards first base a little bit, put the shortstop up the middle, but like, will we see teams move their left fielder to short right field? Like, do you think we'll see that happen a lot? And if so, like what players would that even work for? Cause power hitters can hit it the other way. Yeah, they can. And I think the, the biggest name that has kind of came up when we're talking about the the shift now being officially banned, where you have to have two guys on either side of 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 the infield, it's been Corey Seager. That's the name that's really been popping up. Where he's had, and I and I wrote this down. I think it was since I want to say it was either last season where he had seventy one hit uh, ground balls that were hit. I think at ninety miles or more, where that could have turned into hits for him. Um, and, but they were, they were all called out because of the shift and and I think there's three. So there's five guys on that list that they listed. It was Seager, Jordan Alvarez, Rowdy Talese, Matt Olson, Kyle Tucker, and then Shohei Otani, obviously all left-handed batters. Um, two of the five guys being Astros. I mean, we know how great that offense is already was without, um, or with the shift, but it's going to be interesting to see because, again, when we talk about, and if you're a stats person, I mean, the numbers are out there. There's a great article that I was reading today about how Corey Seager's numbers should increase. The number of hits should increase for him. Um, I think last season was the first time in a while where he hasn't, or he, he hit, I think, two, I think the number was like 275 or better. Yeah, uh, yeah for Corey Seager. So, you know, when we talk about players that it should benefit, Corey Seager goes to the top of the list, Jordan Alvarez, but you you know, he's a power guy. He can hit it. I've seen it multiple times where he can hit it, you know, over center field. He can hit it the opposite way. But we talk about guys that hit for average, Gilbert, it's guys like Corey Seager. And I think it also really helps guys like Rowdy Talese and especially at Mariners offense, sorry, a Brewers offense that really sometimes struggles to put up runs. I think that's really been their downfall of having playoff success. It's just they can't put up, you know, enough runs. They have the pitching. We know that you know, with the top two guys with uh, Corbin Burns and Brent Woodruff. But when it comes to scoring runs, they I think this should benefit teams like that, you know, especially in the playoffs if they do make it there. Last season, Corey Seager, he batted 245. I wouldn't be surprised if he's closer to above 275, even 300 this season. 
Yeah, it's, it's wild to see that list of, of the players that had had the most outs into the shift with Seager easily leading the way. And then Otani thinking that he could even be, be even better this season after, you know, one of the best one of the best players in baseball right now, if not if not the best, depending depending who you ask. And it's but, a contract uh, year for him, too. So, I mean, God knows what he's going to do now with no shift there. Yeah. Uh, what do you what do you make of Jordan Alvarez's not swinging a bat yet? Do you think there's anything to make of that or is he just he knows what's going to what's going to come? He's fine. Yeah, I think that it's last season. Um, he was dealing with the hand injury, the the hand injury. I'm sorry. Um, throughout the season and even in the playoffs, but I, I think he's gonna be fine. I, I think that you know when you talk about even though he misses some time uh, for the Astros, I mean you just look at this lineup from one through seven. When you get Michael Brantley back, another left-handed uh, batter for you, uh, Kyle Tucker, another guy that was on that list that should benefit. Uh, from the the shift being banned, uh, and you still have Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman. They added Jose Abreu, like we talked about at the top of the show. I think they're going to be okay. I I, I really think that they're probably try, just trying to rest him, maybe get him some reps, maybe a week before uh, the season starts. But I think that he's going to be fine. I'm not really too worried about uh, Jordan Alvarez. And again, if he's able to play a full season, this is a guy we know automatically can get you easily 30 home runs, even the realms of 35 to 40 home runs in a season for you. So. Um, and again, you just kind of look at his, his batting averages in his first four seasons with the Astros 313, 250, 277, 306. So, again, now without the band there, I think he consistently can be above 300 for this Astros team, but um, he's gonna be fine again. I, th- I think the hand is just precautionary and just getting him some more time off. Yeah, I mean, th- that probably makes sense. That's what we brought it up last show with his like ADP potentially dropping because of that. But I- I'm I'm not really too worried about it. He would, yeah. he. Uh, he carried me to second place last year. I would happily draft him again in the first round. Yeah. 100%. Uh, someone else want to get your thoughts on as, as a fan of the Red Sox, uh, Yoshida. What do you think he's going to do in Fenway? You know, he, he hits for hit for power over in Japan. He's one of the best mm-hmm. contact hitters over there as well. So what do you think he's going to do in uh with those dimensions at Fenway? It's exactly what the, the Red Sox really need is a guy that can, you know, hit for average because, I mean, I go all the way back to the days where we had Jacoby Ellsbury and Dustin Pedroia at the top of the lineup for the Red Sox where they were guys that were getting on base and then you had your power batters behind them bringing them home and scoring runs that way. Um, I really haven't been able to watch too much of, of Yoshida. I know he had, a, I think it was what earlier this week, um, he was out there. I think it's a great pickup for him. I, th- I think it'll be interesting to see where Alex Cora puts him in the lineup, or that it's going to be. I think he was batting in the leadoff, sorry, in the uh, cleanup position earlier in spring training. I think you can use him in that the leadoff spot. You could use him in the two hole. Um, you know, they just signed Devers, uh, so I, I think those two guys are going to be paired up. I know Justin Turner's a little older now, uh, but he, he's a guy that can still bat above two seventy five. But I'm it was a big signing for them when they did make it because they did need a guy at that top of the lineup with the dimensions, you know, in Fenway, especially uh, down pesky pole on that, on the right field. I think that he's going to be able to do some damage. And again, they need a guy at that top of the lineup for this Red Sox team uh, to kind of be that table setter, whether it's hitting for average or whether it's, you know, hitting for power, but um, you know, losing JD Martinez, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, Resigning Devers, I think, was the biggest thing for them. But as far as Yoshida goes, um, I think he's going to be a great he's going to be a great pickup for the Red Sox here. Yeah, Fangraphs for a while there had him projected to hit leadoff for them, but now they have yeah. him projected to clean up. Uh, yeah, 
Kasha's, Devers, Turner, and then Yoshida. I mean, mm. Turner's, you have to have a right-handed bat in that lineup to split them up. And if he's hitting cleanup, he may even be better than hitting leadoff because he'll have those guys on base ahead of him to get, pick up those counting stats. So, yeah, he's been someone that I think has also been rising up the uh, ADP and someone to keep an eye on, especially with outfield being uh, so shallow in, in fantasy baseball. Yeah, 100%. Again, that's a guy that, uh, yeah, you're right, that he should probably keep climbing those ADPs. Um, hopefully he's able to get some more reps and we'll be able to see what he's doing, at least at the major league level. But uh, I think he, he should have a really good season for the Red Sox. Yeah, and we talked about it at the top of the show, but we are also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is your home for off-season NFL best ball drafts, but they also got you covered for a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favorite player props if they're not available in your state. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, so you, I know you're a big uh, player prop guy in every sport, including baseball here. So what do you look for when you look for player props? Do you do you shop the markets? Is that more of like a, a gambling side of things? Or do you have players you, you consistently target for, for different things? Um, I think for me, and I'll, I'll really reference NBA uh, as an example because I was just talking about these yesterday with Katie uh, when we did the when it was on her show as far as player props went. It's it's really looking at teams that um, are either doing really well recently or they're really struggling recently. And, and once I really have enough data, whether it's you know a month or two months, because I think that's in any sport, um, you know, like major sports that have a lot of games, like eighty plus, right? Like NBA, MLB, I know hockey um, has, has plenty of games as well versus the NFL, right, where you only have a very, very small sample. But um, I really like look, looking at recent trends. So if a team that's really struggling to swing the bat, let's just I'm just going to throw a team out there. Let's just say like the Tigers, right? If they're struggling to swing the bat, their team batting average at 206, they're really struggling against left-handed pitching. They're striking out more against left-handed batters or sorry, left-handed pitching. And if a left-handed pitcher is on the mound that day and if it's a guy that's maybe not a strikeout pitcher you may be able to find some value on his strikeout props um for that for that game just because the tigers are struggling against left-handed pitching um i've really just gone into the player part player prop market for the mlb over the last two seasons and i know they're starting to expand the menu a lot but i think that for me when i'm looking at player props it's number one guys that are teams that are struggling uh batting whether it's against left-handed pitcher right-handed pitcher if they're struggling against the curveball a slider fastball i think that's something that i really look into when i'm talking about strikeout props um and then for batting props um there's just some players that just own pitchers for whatever reason and i think there's there's some great websites out there and right now i do have it bookmarked but i completely forgot the name of the website just because i haven't refreshed myself for baseball yet but it tells you like every single day that this pitcher versus this batter, this batter has 10 hits and 21 at bats against this pitcher. And he's hit three home runs. And I'll kind of go look at, okay, what is his, um, what is his player prop for amount of, of the number of hits for tonight? Let's just say it's over half at minus minus one fifty. And in, in, in baseball, you kind of have to sometimes lay the juice. And I know, our, our our fellow uh, podcast uh, on the Golf Gambling Podcast says that, and Cody says this as well as far as the NASCAR guy, that you only pay the juice if you lose, right? Um, so those are kind of things that I do look at. And then obviously home run props, those are always fun markets to get into. Um, there was a couple that we had last year where there was just 
batters that just absolutely own certain pitchers. Uh, Garrett Cole is a great example last year that there's some some batters that just have so much success against Garrett Cole. I think it was pretty particular the Astros, uh, where you can find close to four to one, five to one odds on guys hitting home runs just because they're so successful against a pitcher like that. So again, the information's out there. It's just you just really got to dive into it and, and take a look and just find and find the best value. And again, it's always important to shop around and find the best value because you know a certain book could have let's say plus 350 odds and another book could have a five to one odds. Yeah. That's something I definitely did for, uh, for home run props, especially on dinger Tuesday that a, a specific book had there, you know, you, you shop books around if he's plus 200 somewhere like Aaron judge towards the end of the year was like plus plus one fifty somewhere. You can get him plus 300 elsewhere. Yeah. So that's a thing. And uh, yeah, that's an interesting angle because most people just look at, okay, star players, I'm going to bet them, but looking in reverse at like the teams that you want to bet against is I think yep. something that's very sharp in the player prop market. And it's something I'm going to look to do more this year. And yeah, that batter versus pitcher. I'm not sure if you use swish analytics. I know they that's have it. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, they yeah. have it. And also uh baseball savant sometimes has like yeah. a, as like a preview of like expected batting average that game or their history against the pitcher. So yeah, there's plenty of tools out there. Definitely. uh Definitely do use those. And, That's a, and I think, Ryan, going back to what you just mentioned there, that typically, like, I think in any sport, or at least for the ones that I, you know, do I do the player prop, player prop market betting is, I kind of try to stay away from, like, star players, just because we know there's a tax on those players. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think the books know that, you know, the public bettors are going to be betting on those guys. Like, I think Aaron Judge last season is a great example that obviously he was chasing chasing that American League home run record. Um, and towards the end there, like you mentioned, it was turning into plus 150 odds for him to hit a home run where the true odds are supposed to be closer to three to one. And that's where, I, I mean, you know it's going to happen, but the value is just not there for you to bet on a guy that's plus 150 to hit a freaking home run where true odds will be close to like, you know, three to one and maybe even plus 350. So, um, I, and then you kind of go down, I think this kind of, is a great connection to fantasy baseball is that you kind of look for players that the market hasn't caught up to where you're kind of picking up maybe on a waiver wires that a guy that's maybe a player that's injured or a player that's hot, maybe like in the bottom of the lineup where the market doesn't know about that. He's having a, a hot two weeks and, and the market hasn't caught up. And then that's maybe a guy that number one, you want to pick up on your fantasy rosters. And also you want to bet on him to get a hit or a home run or RBI, um, there's just so many different markets out that the books are opening up to. So I, again, I know we're going to talk about the correlation, but I think that's just a very small correlation there between, you know, picking up players on your fantasy rosters and also the player, player prop market. Yeah. And yeah, I guess the correlation more thing was like with, with daily fantasy. I'm not sure if you play any daily fantasy on, yeah. on, on the sites there. Cause like normally daily fantasy, I think you sometimes do go against like the worst pitcher or like if the game's a course field, you, you, you stack yeah. them. But yeah. I think there's, like you said, with the uh, the star players, sometimes you just want to fade them because they're mm-hmm. either overpriced on DFS or the line's too high. And yeah, as you said too, that's a great point to target those players that you know people aren't going to be betting on because there's so many markets out there. The books can't be sharp on on all the different things they're they're adding. Especially now, you can bet on like total bases, alternative total bases. There's so many diff- different markets. And uh, yeah, do you use that same kind of strategy when you go over to daily fantasy? I think I think you have to, and I think you need to, right? We're like, let's just say on a, and again, we keep referencing Aaron Judge just because he was just overpriced last season, going for the home run record in the American League. 
that he may have been, I'm just throwing numbers out there, 11, 12,000 on a, on a night where you can go out and get a player that will probably get you two hits and, and that's around the five, 6,000 range. And, and then you can find plus odds on his player prop market at a respective book. Right. And I know we've talked a lot about hitters, but also pitchers are there too, right? There's just pitchers that have success against teams that they've owned. And um, there was a lot last season. And I think it was one of the pirates pitchers last season that we were really backing on his outs issued. That's another player prop market that that's yeah. kind of opened up over the past several seasons on how many outs uh, a, a pitcher is going to issue. That was a great market last season. And that's really profitable in the playoffs as well. As just because you know, managers that trust their guys, they're going to let them, the leash is a little longer in the regular season, maybe a little shorter, but if they do trust them, they'll leave them, uh, they'll leave them out there. So, you know, strikeouts, walks, issue, things like that. I think that's something that, you know, really opens up player uh, the prop market as well as for DFS and, and uh, you know, uh, season-long fantasy. Yeah, I, I love betting on the uh, the outs-recorded. And there was a, uh, I think Rotorwire did it. I'm trying to find it now where they were like have a chart of the team's bullpen and how many like pitches that each guy throw in the past few games. And you can look at that. If, if a bullpen's taxed and you got a veteran work, workhorse, you know he's going to go, you know, five, six, possibly seven innings for yeah. if it's a manager that trusts him. So that, that's, a, that's a great point there. And yeah, it seems with, with Daily Fantasy, people usually you have to stack like the ace pitchers, but mm-hmm. those. Those cheaper pitchers, especially if they're you know not on a great team but may not get the win, can pitch five, six innings, rack up seven, eight strikeouts. They they're definitely worth looking at. I agree one hundred percent. And you mentioned like when the, if it's let's say a a pitcher, I forgot who was was last season that they, they all again another analytics part of going into Coors Field where the slider was it was the it was if it was just, if you were like a curveball or slider pitcher it just wasn't working as well as it would on, you know, being back in their home field because they are in altitude. Um, there's, I know we talked about it on the MLB pod, but um, those are opportunities there where you probably just want, like you mentioned, like stacking guys offensively that go, that go into Coors Field. I know the Dodgers like traditionally just own um, pitchers of the Rockies that go into Coors Field because they would just automatically put up like seven, eight runs within like the first four or five innings. And you can really find some value that way as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I usually play smaller slates, like two or three game turbo slates. And if yeah. one of those slates had a Coors Field game, I would either just make sure I stacked it or just avoided it. Cause you know, everyone's going to stack. It, and then if it hits, you got to make sure you have that one player. That's really cheap. That goes off and is, is, is always tough to find. Yeah. And I think that, and I know we, we talked about the rules changes and about the bases and stuff, but I, I want to ask you being the fantasy guy that do you see an increase in stolen in the stolen bases market this season with three more inches across, you know, the bases now? Yeah, I think absolutely. Stolen base value in fantasy baseball is going to be diluted a little bit. because There's going to be more guys that are able to steal. Not only are the bases larger, you also only have that one pickoff rule or two pickoffs. And then, if yep. they pick off again, they have to get him out or it's a balk. So, like, if you have yep. a guy with moderate speed and he's already picked off once, he's picked off twice, you can just go. I mm-hmm. saw that the other day. I think it was Derek Hall on first base. who doesn't really have much speed, so he didn't go. But if it's someone that has some sort of, like, ability to, to, to steal a base after you pick off once, he might be off. After you pick off twice, he's gone. So there's going to be a lot more stolen bases. There's going to be, I think, just a lot more action on the base paths and just on, on the field with no shifts, hit and runs, first to third. That's that's the stuff that's exciting to see in baseball. It's not like it, you don't want to see the three true outcomes. And, but, yeah, stolen bases, I think, 
it's definitely going to be a market to watch as well with betting and also daily fantasy because I know stolen bases are probably going to be over like the point value is going to be the same as it was last year. There's mm-hmm. going to be more of them, so that they're going to be more valuable to pick up guys like. I know Stephen Kwan we love on, on this yeah. show. So Stephen mm-hmm. Kwan hits for average, steals some bases. Uh, yeah, anyone like that, I think stolen bases are going to be something to keep an eye on, especially early on. It's going to take a while for the books to even adjust as far as uh, player prop betting too for the stolen bases market because mm-hmm. they probably don't know how to price it with with the bigger bases as well. So they're probably going to use the same prices that they kind of did last season where a guy like Stephen Kwan where you know he has an extra, you know, now you have, three inches of a bigger base to work with. Um, so it might, you know, I think early on in the season where you probably when you really want to pounce on those player prop markets uh, to bet on, because again, I think it's number one is an adjustment period for the players on the field, but also it's going to be one for the books as well, where you can exploit some real value until the books do catch up to it. It might take them a while as well. Yeah. And, and early on in the season, you got a uh, March madness still, still going on. Yeah. So you're going to, they're going to be focused on, on that. You're not going to be, focused on the you know stolen base props or any other props they have open up. I wonder if they just won't offer them or if they'll be priced a lot differently, but I don't I don't think they'll do that. Yeah, I, they'll they'll still offer them for sure, but again, they you know, you mentioned with March Madness going on and then we'll have obviously NHL playoffs, we'll have NBA playoffs that they'll be focused on as well. So, and I think that and I think the books really work on the strikeout prop market versus where they're not paying attention to the stolen bases market because it's not a very popular market right now when you're talking about prop betting in, in baseball. It's about strikeouts, you know, outs issued, home runs, and things like that versus stolen base is probably a little bit down the list for, for the bookmakers. Yeah, definitely. And I know you got the uh, the futures episodes coming up on the MLB Gambling Podcast, but you got any uh, favorite futures you, you want to tease here? I'm kind of throwing you throwing your curveball here. Didn't, didn't, didn't mention this before. No, um, I was looking at the Orioles for next season uh, to go over their Ooh. win total that lineup is has a lot of potential i really like that lineup they've brought back a lot of the guys that they had last season uh i know they they have their rookie uh, uh was it gunner henderson that's going to be in the lineup adley rushman i think is going to have a big year you still have cedric mullins at the top of the lineup yeah. and you kind of go down the list you still have uh, after i think it's a six bar we still have some power guys in there that can um, you know, really hit or hit for home runs. I know they they did change the dimensions at Camden Yards there a little bit. That's going to be a little more difficult to hit home runs, but you have a lot of guys in that lineup that can hit for uh, for average. And again, last season this was one of the teams uh, from a betting perspective. You take a look at that they were a a covering machine as far as the um, the 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 run line went mm-hmm. um, at home. I think they were right at sixty percent. But I, the Orioles, I think they're going to be really good. Um, and then the Cubs are the other team. I know you and I talked about that offline. I think they have a great lineup. The the addition of Dansby Swanson is going to be huge for them. Um, and again, it's Wrigley Field, right? Uh, the Cubs, the the even if the team is not good, if if they are good, uh, the fans are still going to support them. Obviously, being one of the you know most historic teams, but they've put together a roster uh, on that uh, uh, not only on the batting side but also their the, the pitching on the side too. So I think that's going to be a fun team. And again, that NL Central division. I think the betting favorite obviously is the Cardinals where they are at a minus price, but I wouldn't be surprised if, and I'm not saying the Cubs are going to win the division, but I could definitely see them getting over their win total and possibly in competing for a, uh, a wild card spot there in the national league. So those are the first two that kind of jumped off the page for me. Yeah. I, I love those two Cubs. I mean, what are they at? 76 and a half, 77 and a half. And they won yeah, I think like, 74 last there. year. Yeah. 
And yeah, Orioles. We love the Orioles in this podcast. Uh, Anthony Santander is a very overlooked uh, out power hitting outfielder that's mm-hmm. going probably too late. I think he had 30 some home runs last year. Expected to mm-hmm. clean up behind those three guys you mentioned. Mountcastle, 27 home runs projected. Uh, Austin Hayes in the seven spot. You said 20, yeah. 20 home runs projected there. And I think the Cubs, a lot of small additions along with, you know, Swanson got overlooked because of Turner and because of Bogarts and Correa, yeah. but he's a solid shortstop. Added Bellinger, added Mancini, added uh, Eric Cosmer. He's always a great guy in the locker room. He's going to probably add, add a few wins there on their own. Uh, James Antion added a few mm-hmm. guys in the bullpen too. It's just these slight, slight improvements that, that in their win total is pretty much the same what they had last season. So, yeah, I, I love those two. Uh, the other one I wanted to ask you about, I think this has been a topic of conversation, at least in, in on the gambling space, um, is the uh, is the is the Angels? I've been fading in the last two seasons. I know they made some additions this year, but I'm still kind of not sold on their pitching. Um, I felt like they still needed to go out and get an ace. I know they have Otani, but I feel like they really did. I know they brought in Tyler Anderson from the Dodgers, and I know Patrick Sandoval had a pretty good season last year. But being in that division where the Astros are going to be the Astros, I know they lost Verlander, but they still have Framber Valdez, uh, Luis Garcia. Christian Javier, I think Jose or Katie will take that next step in being that starter for them as well. But I'm still kind of leaning towards taking the under on this team. Do you have any thoughts on the Angels going into this year? Yeah, I did take the – I picked the Angels to win the division in my AL Futures article on sportscompodcast.com, okay. I believe. I think they're 11-1. to 1, I saw them at, but only because I can't take Houston at minus 200. I'm just not, no. not going to lay that. No. Seattle, I think, has a chance, but plus 360, not enough. Uh, Texas isn't bad at plus 1100 also that may be who I taken because angels are down to plus 850 now mm-hmm. yeah their re- their win total is at 81 and a half they haven't wa- gone over 500 since 2015 they won 85 games so yeah I think your concerns are definitely valid Tyler Anderson Patrick Sandoval Jose Suarez don't really do too much for me Reed Detmers I think could be a guy that does take that next step he's a, a sleeper pitcher that I've been looking at but yeah, after Otani, they don't have that guy. You're like, okay, it's a one-two punch. They have Otani. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's all about health in that lineup. I, mm-hmm. I like Ward at the top. He was good last year until he had that nerve injury. Mike Trout, obviously, Otani. Rendon, I think a lot hinges on him. I think I he's like- the X factor of the lineup right there. I think, you know, he's like you mentioned, he's just been dealing with injuries ever since he came over from the Nationals. Yeah, because it's either going to be him starting or like Gio Urshela or David Fletcher. Like neither yeah. of them move the needle at all. But I think Hunter Renfro was a good pickup by them. Brandon mm-hmm. Drury, I'm high on fantasy wise because he can play first, second, and third. I know he had a lot of his home runs last year in Cincinnati and didn't really do too well in San Diego. I don't think, but you know, sixth, sixth in the order there. Angels have have a deep lineup, but I I, I couldn't bet they're over. If I had to bet it, I would bet. Under 81, 81 and a half even money. I think that that's that's great. Yeah, and I think obviously you're gonna take obviously when you get an eleven to one, um, and the line has moved, you know, in, in your favor. Obviously, down to plus eight fifty, you're holding a pretty good ticket there. So um, I gotta double check that what I got it for. Yeah, but I mean, I think regardless, I think you know Astros are. are, are I still think they'll 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 be the Astros. I feel like the big sexy pick this season is going to be the Seattle Mariners. I mean, look, they do have a roster and they they've kind of put together over the last two seasons, but. Uh, the Rangers, we know DeGrom's already dealing with injuries. Um, and, you know, how we don't know how long he'll be able to, you know, stay healthy for the season. 
as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's the, the, that, that's the one team I think in the American League that, you know, a lot of people have been talking about if they can, are they going to be able to take the next step? Because again, this is a year where Otani, um, it's a contract year for him. And if they don't, I don't think if they get into the playoffs, he's probably going to be going to another team uh, come, you know, in 2024. Yeah, I could definitely see him being traded at the deadline too. I don't know if after Juan Soto being traded last year, yeah. if it'll be an even bigger package for him. But if they're not in contention, they would be dumb to not trade him if he's not going to resign there. So, yeah, I mean, every year we say it, this is the year the Angels can finally be good if they can stay healthy. And yeah. we're once again saying it this year. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I'm not, I'm not there yet with them. I have to see it before I can get back behind them. Yeah. They're, they are 50 to one to win it all. I mean, that's if you want to throw throw a little bit on that five bucks yeah. on it there's pl- plenty of teams down there but i mean the top teams i mean the astros won it and just got even better yankees you know they added rodan mets are going to be up there again i don't understand why the dodgers are still fourth best after losing both turners and and uh ballinger but i, I guess you think they're going to win the west and then they're in it and they're going to be better than eight to one at that point very solid on their pitching uh i'm who do they have after kershaw they have kershaw do they it's have heaney or is heaney I, I i think he's better than, than people think i i yeah. I'm, I'm always iffy about about urias but he, he's a, he's a good too i i'm not sold on gonsolin but he was somehow great last year uh thor i don't think he's good but dustin may another another young used to be a top prospect that you know could finally take that next step if he stays healthy in the rotation but yeah, I'm not. I'm not sold on that at all. I'm not really sold on their lineup either. I do think Max Muncy is going to benefit from no shift. I do think mm-hmm. JD Martinez could have a big bounce back year there, playing in LA in a more uh, winning, fun environment than, than Boston was last year. But yeah, I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. That's one guy I think JD Martinez that you mentioned there that's going to struggle with the with the with the with the, the clock now because. Watching him at so many years with the Red Sox, like he will take his time to step out of the batter's box, take a deep breath, kind of go through his motion. So I think that's one player that, you know, we got to keep an eye on when the season begins on how he kind of handles himself with with the with you know the the clock now with got to be in the box or you're gonna get called a strike. So um, I think Anthony Rizzo is another guy that may be struggling with that as well because he likes to take his time as well. But yeah, I feel like Dodgers take a step back. I think this is a big make or break year for the Padres as well. Yeah, this this I mean they they went out they they got Bogarts they they re-upped Machado after he said he was gonna yeah. opt out they got Soto they have Tatis coming back it's like if the Padres don't win the division this year it's a huge disappointment right yeah yeah I agree one hundred percent yeah like that I mean they're not even the favorites but if if they if they don't win it then they're what what are the odds in the uh, NLS for the year? division. Um, let's see. They are plus one forty. Dodgers yeah. are minus one twenty. Yeah. You could just I bet think, both, and you got arbitrage there. Yeah, or you could, you know, maybe wait, you know, maybe middle of the season or after a month if one of these teams comes out struggling and you could find better odds. And because I know Malcolm and I did that the first year we did the MLB pod where we took the Astros, it was like at plus 150 or like, you know, I think it was close to like plus 200. And then they just went on a, a huge run and they turned into like a minus 300, minus 400 favorite by the time we got to the end of the year. And I think the Cardinals were the other team last year that, you know, I think all of us agreed upon. Um, that could come out and make some noise in that second half of the year after the all-star break. And lo and behold, they did win that division. Yeah. It's such a long season. I mean, we saw the yeah. nationals go from like last place to world series. We saw the Mets have first place for forever and then lose it late. So uh, there's going to be plenty of uh live 
futures betting to talk about on the uh, MLB Gambling Podcast. So make sure you check out Munaf on there. And uh, yeah, where else can people find you? Or do you have anything else you want to touch on here before we wrap it up? No, I think we covered it pretty well, man. I know, you know, we were starting division previews. And I think that the implication of the new rules that we did touch on, I think it's going to have a fantasy impact. You know, I'm sure you guys have talked about it as well with the bases, with the pitch clock um, and, and things like that. So, again, it's going to be an adjustment period for everyone. Um, batters, pitchers, you know, how managers are going to handle it. Even the umpires, man. I think mm. we might get to a point where, like you mentioned, that if the clock is, you know, there, there's maybe going to be some leeway with some of these umpires that, okay, he's in the box. The, the, the clock got to zero. It, it's whatever. But I think after maybe the first couple of weeks, I'd maybe it would be the month, first month that people will kind of forget about the rules. And I think uh, the adjustment period will, will kind of pan itself out. But um, no, it should be an exciting season, Ryan. I th- I'm excited for it. Um, fantasy should be fun for, for baseball. The, the season uh, should be exciting as it always is every single year. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on the MLB gambling podcast, the prop cast, uh, we'll start doing some NFL offseason pods as well. And obviously NBA is still in season. So Monday through Friday, uh, catch us at 11 a.m. Eastern talking about NBA games every single day, um, whether it's on YouTube or Twitter. Yeah, you're all over the place. I hope we can do some more uh, collab shows this season now that we have a uh, fantasy baseball show. Yes. Maybe we got to get you on the hockey podcast sometime. Go four for four, uh, NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL perhaps. Maybe talk uh, about uh, maybe a Vegas Golden Knights playoff series preview. Take the you know overs. what the funny part is? Is that uh, I try to keep up with hockey. Obviously, I, I message you a lot about bets and stuff. <laughs> I was looking at the standings. I was I was surprised to see the the actually how well the Golden Knights were doing. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people are. They have like no goaltending, and they're still yeah very much very much in it for it to even win the division. Yeah. Yeah, so make sure if you're a hockey fan, make sure you check out the Hockey Gambling Podcast. I'm on uh, there with Talon Jenkins and Joel Meyer. We're trying to do daily shows there for the month of March. And, of course, make sure you are subscribed to the Baseball Money is Fake feed on Apple, Spotify, whatever podcast platform you prefer. Leave us a five-star rating and review if that's Apple. Uh, Spotify, you can only leave us a five-star rating. But you can give us your feedback on Twitter at Fake Baseball. Make sure you follow us on YouTube and TikTok as well. But uh, yeah, thanks again for uh, coming on. Uh, I am Ryan Gilbert. You can follow me on Twitter at rgilbertsop. This is when this is when you say who you are in your Twitter, and then we do the outro. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at sportsdirt824. And again, like Ryan mentioned, follow me uh, or so find me on all the pods that I do over on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Yeah, definitely, we're gonna do a lot more collabs here, Ryan, uh, throughout the season. So. Definitely looking forward to the season, my man. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Looking looking forward to the season.